Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Great American Senior Show. I'm your gray-haired host, Sam Yates. The Great American Senior Show features topics especially curated for our show and answers the questions being asked and issues being discussed by seniors nationwide. Today, we're very lucky to have immigration attorney Christopher Gaston in the studio with us. Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sam, thanks for having me. I'm an immigration attorney in Stewart, Florida. I've been running my own immigration firm for over a decade now. I am the second generation, so my mother immigrated from Panama. I was born in Germany, so immigration has kind of been a part of my life um, every, from the very beginning. I started working in immigration when I went to college. I worked for a company called a Southern, a nonprofit called the Southern Pine Migrant Agency while I was um, learning Spanish and it helping individuals in that capacity kind of opened my eyes to the opportunities to work in immigration after college and working for the government a little while. I went to law school and um, studied immigration there, worked with Homeland Security and Department of Justice and some other agencies, came out of um, law school, a little more work in the government and opened my own immigration practice here in beautiful Stewart, Florida. I am a Georgia Bulldog. See, I had to get that in because I, <laughs> I know that uh, uh, when you're a Georgia Bulldog, you have to get that into the equation. And uh, I didn't want to uh, start this interview off on the wrong foot. So Georgia Bulldog it is. And, uh, you know, congratulations. You shout out to all the law dogs. Now, when you say Stewart, Florida, you love this area, but uh, I don't want everyone to think that you're solely uh, giving advice to people. And, and actually, you're not giving advice uh, here on the program. We're discussing uh, if someone wants advice, they can contact you directly, set an appointment, and uh, you can uh, counsel and give advice. To that end, how may they contact you before we go much further? My direct line at, uh, at the office is 772 219-0101 and you can find me on the web at www.gastonlawfirm.com Gaston is G-A-S as in Sam T-O-N as in Nancy and I, I do have to say Chris uh, I've known you for a number of years and that's one of the reasons that I have you on the program today because you have an empathy in addition to the law background, especially when it comes to some of the seniors that you have encountered within the immigration segment. And we were just talking about those who are from the far north, meaning Canada. Give us a little scenario of how they are faring right now. Well, one of the tough things is that the U.S. Embassy in Canada is, is closed due to COVID-19. So getting in and out of the, the getting a new visa to come in and out of the United States is tricky. Canadians generally can travel using their passports, but as you know, the border at times is open and at times is closed. So th those things, those things are tough. So one of the challenges we've had since COVID-19 is individuals who have come over um, on vacation and um, had to stay because they couldn't get back. Um, a kind of general problem that endures with um, our clients from Canada is a lot of our seniors that we see come to the United States on vacation. They've worked in Canada. They've been successful. They want to come and retire in our beautiful state. And 
unfortunately, there's not an actual visa category for them. And that's something that I'm hoping our Congress will address because the clients we see, they have their own resources, they can support themselves, they buy homes, they have um, the ability to afford health care, and they just want to stay in the U.S. and in, enjoy life here and, and spend their retirement contributing to our, our economy. Now, I'm glad that you touched upon our visitors from the far north, our Canadian visitors, in particular those who are wanting to be here, maybe even have businesses here. I think one of the the first things that people perhaps have a misnomer when they think immigration, everything is south of the border. Is that uh, a fair assessment uh, that everyone thinks south of the border, but realistically, uh, immigrants are from all over the world? Absolutely. I think that the... Um, immigrants who are coming from south of the border receive a lot more publicity in the news. It's a it's a political issue. However, the we have immigrants coming from all over Asia, the Middle East, Africa, um, all over Europe and Canada, the Caribbean, the, just all over the world. We are fortunate to have clients, um, and they're coming here to South Florida. So, um, touching on what you mentioned earlier, even uh, because we serve clients nationally and um, internationally, um, in, anyone coming from anywhere are people that we can help settle in the United States. Over the last uh, three to four years, I, I know that there were a lot of uncertainties in the uh, immigration community, and, and certainly, I'm sure, within the, the practice of immigration law. Uh, are you now seeing uh, favorable, positive trends within the industry segment? Things are things are getting better in, in some ways. So um, we are seeing some of the uh, rollback of some of the more unreasonable immigration policies. We are seeing um, humanitarian things being done for um, individuals who have fled persecution and the problems that they had in, for example, in Venezuela with the recent um, designation of that country for temporary protected status. And we're so we're seeing some benefits, but there are there's so much that has to be done to kind of correct the system. Um, there are individuals who are here contributing to our community that um, were brought here as young people and need the opportunity to be able to um, have some stability in their life and be able to achieve a, a normalized immigration status as a lawful permanent resident. One of the things that happened uh, during the previous uh, administration is that uh, I call it the Stephen Miller factor, uh, where children were put in cages. Uh, from a, a standpoint, I'm a grandparent, and from a standpoint of immigration, were grandparents, fathers and mothers as well, was that a, uh, a time in our nation's history when people were absolutely uh, abhorred and petrified at the same time? That was a horrific period, and I, like I mentioned at the top of the, the show, I came from, I, I was born in Germany. My parents brought me here when I was two. Um, and I had no choice in the matter. I 
got on the plane and went where my parents took me to imagine being placed in a cage in detention, being placed into a foster system, being separated from your family because of the happenstance of your entry into the United States. There's no other place in the law where children are punished because of a decision someone else makes, their, their parent makes, it's just here. So this is this is something that I, I think has to change because it, it really defines who we are as a nation. If we aren't willing to protect our most vulnerable members of society on, on um, every end of every end of the spectrum, I think that's 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 a challenge. That's that's a ethical challenge. Well, we're all hopeful that the the Stephen Miller Children in Cages era will never be repeated, and uh, will you know hold uh, anyone accountable. Hopefully, going forward, if uh, there's ever an attempt to do something like that, but vulnerability also extends from the children to the immigrant community at large. Uh, do they have rights uh, to protect themselves? In the immigration process, the rights that immigrants have are extremely limited. The Supreme Court has said many years ago that the due process is what the government determines due process will be as far as immigration courts are concerned and, and immigrants in general. So the ability to um, have an attorney present and the ability to have translation and the ability to understand proceedings and the ability to um, not not have the burden of proof where the government has the burden of proof. All of those things are not the same in immigration proceedings as in um, as, as you and I know them, the ability to be free from unreasonable search and seizure, not the same as we would expect here in America. What we want to see is that immigrant rights be defined and respected. I believe that a superpower, a, a country as great as the United States has the ability to treat all people within the borders with dignity, with civil rights, and with respect, regardless of their national origin. We're certainly in an era of COVID-19, uh, a pandemic that wreaked havoc on the world. And uh, for whatever reason, our country uh, seemed to be uh, hit harder than others, and indeed was, with more than 500,000, probably closing in on 550, 600,000 deaths attributed to COVID. One of the negatives that uh, we hear about in the news is a backlash towards Asians. Uh, advice, or not advice that you can give, but some thoughts for those in the Asian communities on what they need to be alert for. One of the challenges is the facts of a circumstance is often blurred by misinformation in, in the media. Um, we represented clients who came over from Asia to the United States um, right before the pandemic, afterwards, and so forth. They know less about 
they have no intention of bringing any thing, any diseases or any negativity to the United States. One of the concerns that we see a lot with immigration, and it it's always target it targets various populations. But currently, the xenophobia that's targeting Asians is is really sad. Um, be we encourage all of our clients and everyone who is a foreign national to understand that there are, while it may seem like the situation is different in the court systems, in the immigration courts, in the criminal courts, in some of the civil courts, there are rights that are established by the Constitution that apply to everybody in the U.S. There's no excuse there's no pass that one gets to persecute or commit crimes or violence or um, discrimination because um, on the basis of race, because the person may or may not have the same um, lawful immigration status. That's not a consideration when we look at things such as um, whether the person is a, is a legitimate victim of a crime and should be entitled to services from the police, whether a person has been um, targeted for discrimination and um, it should be entitled to relief from the courts. During the previous administration, ICE was sort of the boogeyman. Uh, I have heard stories of especially seniors, grandmothers hiding under beds because they didn't want the, the knock on the door. To, to happen and, and it be ICE. Uh, what is the atmosphere now? The current administration is at least presenting a leadership role and trying to, um, what we hear termed as reigning in ICE, trying to set some parameters, some enforcement guidelines to who we as a country need to be targeting for removal and or considering removal priorities and they make sense to is to us the national security threats we we need to focus there um criminal organizations individuals who are committing um serious violent crimes and so forth they shouldn't logically be a a enforcement priority over someone who is a grandparent who's been in the United States living peacefully and just happens to be outside of an immigration status, they shouldn't be hiding in beds and fearing, uh, hiding under their beds or fearing to go to a hospital or a church or, or take the kids to their grandkids or their kids to school because they could be contacted by immigrant, come into contact with ICE and be deported. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I did want to talk about is there's kind of a misconception of who un, the undocumented people, especially um, older people in the United States, seniors, who those people are. There's a belief that if someone is undocumented, um, again, there's there's the assumption that they came over the southern border and they, they came over for some nefarious purpose that we hear that... Um, it seems to be the the theme that was that was presented in the last administration. A lot of our clients who've been here in the United States um, long term, and they um, and 
they are undocumented. Learn very late in life that they are. We see a lot of individuals who came over in the 60s and the 70s. They were able to get Social Security cards and ID cards and driver's license. And they lived and worked and raised their families here. And then 9-11 happens and all the requirements as far as getting a driver's license and things changed. Traveling in and out of the United States became significantly more challenging. And um, these people who have been here a very long time try to get their driver's license renewed and find, well, they came over with their parents a long time ago, but the immigration process was never finished. And we have to kind of reconstruct that process going back 50 years to pick up where um, they left off and try to get them into a lawful status. And a lot of them are shocked. They either believe that they are here lawfully as residents or they believe that they are U.S. citizens and they learned that that's not the case. Um, so it's it's very interesting how um, it how this problem um, of getting a documented and the difficulties that are involved in getting documented isn't just a problem that as as depicted in the media of individuals coming across the southern border, but immigration is very long, very complicated. And a lot of times people get lost in the process and don't and they aren't able to complete it. Chris, I want to thank you for being on the program today. We're close to wrapping up, but I do have a question. Can you come back? Absolutely. I, I absolutely enjoy talking about immigration and um, talking about the issues that um, are related to immigration. And hopefully some of the information I can provide will be helpful to um, inform the community and help us move forward. For our audience, I want to uh, highlight some of the areas that Mr. Gaston uh, will be addressing. And uh, there's a big smile on my face because I haven't told him the topics yet. But, uh, you know, that's typical of this gray-haired dude. Uh, we're going to be talking about businesses. Uh, for uh, immigration, it's not necessarily people wanting to come into the United States uh, to become a citizen. Sometimes they want to come to the United States and do business. Another topic that we're going to be talking about is the uh, rescue plan for the American economy post-COVID. Uh, that creates jobs and certainly we have seen, even though uh, there are large numbers of unemployed in the United States, we still, after the unemployed are employed, will have a deficit of workers in many categories and we want to touch upon that. And one area that uh, is, is near and dear is uh, DACA. We really did not get uh, to spend a lot of time going more into DACA. So those are somewhat rather broad categories, but uh, I look forward to having you come back at uh, some point in the future and enlightening us all. Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure, Sam. One last time, how may people, for this program at least, it's not a last time, but uh, how may people contact you? The phone number for the firm is 772-219-0101. The name of the firm is the Gaston Law Firm. And you can find us on the web at www.gastonlawfirm.com. Christopher Gaston, thank you very much. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Great American Senior Show podcast. And thank you for joining us on today's journey. Remember, you can help choose the next destination by visiting thegreatamericanseniorshow.com and send us your suggestions. I'm Sam Yates, and that's the way our show ends.